0: It's coming up to 11 o'clock on KOIN in Portland. CBS News is next, and then, of course, the Radio Mystery Theater.
1: CBS News. President and Mrs. Ford are preparing to leave Washington for a 10-day trip to Europe. This is Doug Poling reporting on the CBS radio network. While in Helsinki, Finland, Mr. Ford will sign the treaty that came out of the 35-nation European Security Conference. Critics claim the agreement gives tacit recognition to Soviet domination of Eastern Europe. But the president insists America is giving away nothing and is getting Soviet pledges of more freedom for the nations of Eastern Europe. President Ford has another serious foreign policy matter on his hands right now. Turkey has ordered suspension of operations at U.S. bases in that country. The Turks are angry because the U.S. House of Representatives turned down the administration's request to resume armed shipments to the Ankara government. The president has now asked the House to reconsider its action. He said closing American bases in Turkey will work to the detriment of critically important U.S. security interests. House Republican leader John Rhodes was critical of his colleagues who voted to continue the embargo against Turkey.
2: This is uh, about the result that one can expect when 435 members of the House of Representatives try to become Secretary of State. No legislative body in the world was ever designed which could conduct foreign policy. I think it's a shame and a tragedy that uh, two nations, which have been as close as ours, uh, our nation and Turkey have been, should uh, have a parting of the ways over a a really collateral matter.
1: House Republican leader John Rhodes. More news in a moment.
2: Are you an unpublished author? Do you have a book-length manuscript ready or almost ready for publication? Or do you know of anyone else who is an unpublished author? If so, Vantage Press invites you to write to a leading New York publisher for a free illustrated brochure titled To the Author in Search of a Publisher. It explains how you may have your manuscript printed and published in a matter of months. Just write to GPO Box 1414, New York, New York. Whether your subject is fiction, non-fiction, poetry, or even scientific, specialized, or controversial, This 52-page brochure shows you how to arrange for prompt publication. To get your copy, write to GPO Box 1414, New York, New York. That's GPO Box 1414, New York, New York. If this is your first book, you'll find this free brochure especially valuable and informative. Write to GPO Box 1414, New York, New York. GPO Box 1414, New York, New York.
1: The Apollo astronauts have had to delay their return to Houston. They're confined to sick bay in Honolulu. David Dow has a report. Doctors who have been treating
2: the three Apollo astronauts for lung irritation say it will likely be Monday or Tuesday before the three can leave the Tripler Army Medical Center and fly home to Houston. Doctors emphasized that astronauts Stafford, Slayton, and Brand are in stable condition, in good spirits, and feeling well. But they
3: said three days, sometimes less, was usually a minimum amount of time to observe their condition
2: to ensure it did not progress. We're very optimistic, said Dr. Peter Bartoloni, chief of medicine at Tripler Hospital, adding that there's no indication so far that the mild lung irritation will lead to a chronic condition. The doctors suspect but aren't sure that the three men inhaled byproducts of combustion and some nitrogen tetroxide during the descent of their spacecraft Thursday. And they want to make sure that doesn't lead to pulmonary edema, fluid in the lungs, which could take several days to develop. The physicians have ordered the astronauts to remain in bed much of the time while under observation, allowing calls to their families. David Bell, CBS News, Honolulu.
1: Twenty-two-year-old Stephen Smith has been released unharmed after being held for 67 days by rebels in East Africa. Officials at Stanford University, where Smith is a student, announced he's been freed by rebels in Zaire. Smith and three other students were abducted May 19th at a camp in Tanzania. The others had already been freed. A Stanford professor involved in the negotiations for the release of the students said it was mutually agreed upon that the terms of the release remain secret. In Portugal, the armed forces rulers have announced creation of a three-man panel to run that nation. The Troika will be made up of the nation's security chief, its premier, and president. Inclusion of communist-oriented Prime Minister Vasco Gonsalves is seen as a serious setback for the moderate forces in Portugal. Now this message.
2: I'm standing at a drug counter looking at hemorrhoid medication labels. This one contains only petroleum jelly, a lubricant that soothes this one, Preparation H, has more and does more. Preparation H not only brings prompt, temporary relief in many cases from occasional pain and itch, but very importantly, Preparation H actually helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissues caused by inflammation. Yes, Preparation H goes beyond soothing, has more, and does more. Ointment or suppositories, use only as directed. Hearts wants to round up every brown woman town and run them out before they run your dog down roundworms can strike your dog or cat get rid of them safely with the hearts once a month warmer add it to your pet's dinner every 30 days and then it'll round up those roundworms and keep them away for good get hearts once a month Wormer at your favorite store and help your dog to be roundworm free evermore the hearts once a month warmer for dogs and cats
1: In Raleigh, North Carolina, jury selection has been completed in the murder trial of Joanne Little, a black woman accused of murdering a white jailer in her cell. The judge also refused a request by the defendant to act as her own co-counsel. Testimony in the case is to begin Monday. This is Doug Poling, CBS News.
0: The president of the Oregon Board of Higher Education, John Moser, said today he will resign next month. The Forest Service says the Lost Lake Fire south of Hood River has been contained at about 110 acres. The fire broke out yesterday near Tie Valley. Some 300 men fought the blaze. Former Oregon Governor Tom McCall says he might take the job of Secretary of the Interior if it is offered to him, but that he doesn't expect it will be. The incumbent, former Wyoming Governor Stanley Hathaway, has resigned for health reasons. A self-contained water purification plant has been purchased by Crater Lake National Park. The plant can purify 80,000 gallons of water a day. It is needed because of severe pollution in the park's main water supply. Hundreds have become ill. As a result, the park has been closed, and there is no word on when it will be reopened. Oregon Attorney General Lee Johnson says nativity scenes cannot be displayed in public schools at Christmas time. He says the display and the required school attendance is a violation of the doctrine of separation of church and state. Thirty off-duty prison guards were called up today after reports of unrest at the Oregon State Prison. The guards were sent home after the two men, believed responsible for the problem, were isolated. Warden Hoyt Cupp said he called the extra men as a precautionary measure. The body of a 16-year-old Warm Springs youth was found today on the Oregon State University campus. He died of head injuries after falling from a 12-foot-high concrete wall. He was identified as Bruce Berry, a participant in the school's Upward Bound program. The Legislative Emergency Board has approved a University of Oregon proposal to add 1,400 seats to MacArthur Court on the university campus. The quarter of a million-dollar project will be paid for by private funds. Donors of $250 will be guaranteed the right to buy a coveted season ticket. Most University of Oregon basketball games are sellouts. Donors would get 1,000 of the seats, while 400 would be reserved for students. The weather for Portland-Vancouver, fair tonight, sunny and hot Saturday and Sunday. Lows in the upper 50s, highs 90 to 95 degrees. Northwest winds at 10 to 20 miles per hour, decreasing at night. Chance of measurable rainfall, zero through Saturday. The temperature right now in downtown Portland stands at 70 degrees. That's K-O-I-N News to 1108. I'm Bill Garrity.
4: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... E.G. Marshall. Ancient civilizations are remembered for a variety of reasons. Egypt for her pyramids, the grandeur that was Rome, the glory that was Greece. But how about our own civilization? Sometimes in my darker moments, I wonder if perhaps ours won't be remembered as the creators of the sleeping pill... The little pellets that have brought surcease from care to so many and, unfortunately, death to so many
5: others. (laughs) All this he needs is a good cameraman and we could make a film.
2: Please, Jenny, control your sense of humor. And here, take this pill. I never take pills. It is just to help you through the final rite. The making of the mark of the Valpurgis Club. That way... I promise, you won't even feel the heat of the branding iron.
4: Our mystery drama, Woman from Hell, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Murray Burnett
3: and stars
4: Joan Lovejoy. It is sponsored in part by the Florida Orange Growers and Buick Motor Division, I'll be back shortly with Act One.
2: In God We Trust, America Speaks.
6: Thoughts from Helen Keller. I have four things to learn in life. To think clearly without hurry or confusion to love everybody sincerely, to act in everything with the highest motives, to trust in God unhesitatingly. I long to accomplish a great and noble task, but it is my chief duty to accomplish humble tasks as though they were great and noble. The world is moved along, not only by the mighty shoves of its heroes, but also by the aggregate of the tiny pushes of each honest worker.
2: Presented by the Catholic Communications Foundation.
3: Do you think a computer programmer needs the use of his legs? New York University doesn't. They hired a man who's almost totally paralyzed. Yet they'll be the first to admit Tom Clancy's one of the best computer programmers they ever had. Of course, Tom Clancy's just one person. But there are millions of men and women in this country very much like him. People who have accepted their disabilities and come through rehabilitation with skills, determination, and a sense of responsibility. Yes, Tom Clancy's got a very good job. But what about all the others? The director of vocational rehabilitation in your state has a file of highly qualified people in every field, ready, willing, and able to work. If you're not in a position to hire them, talk to someone who is. And next time there's in your company, ask him to write the Director of Vocational Rehabilitation. His office is in your state capital. A public service message brought to you on behalf of the
2: Department of Health, Education, and Welfare and the Advertising Council.
4: Always rate a few lines of newsprint. But every newspaper headlined the shocking and totally unexpected death of the legendary superstar Jennifer Grinnell from an overdose of sleeping pills. The question on everyone's mind was had this fantastic woman taken her own life? In Los Angeles, the medical examiner's office was off limits to reporters seeking the answer. One man, however, had been admitted, given a report... and now he walks slowly down the long corridor out of the building... and into the bright California sunshine.
2: Mr. DeCoe! Uh, Mr. Duco. I have nothing to add to what I've already said. No, you've got me wrong. Uh, I'm not a reporter. Uh, here's my card. Uh, Darrell Jones, private investigator. I have no need for a private detective. But I need you... You see, someone's hired me to look into this death. Then I'm not the only one who feels there's something very strange about this so-called suicide? You can say my client has some doubts. And who's your client? Come on, Mr. Decoe. You know that information must be confidential. Good day, Mr. Jones. Uh, No, uh, wait a minute. Uh, Where are you going? To my car. It's in the parking lot. Okay, if that's the way you want to play it. Uh, Have you ever thought how much better your chances are of proving your wife didn't commit suicide if you had some professional help? That was my introduction to Mr. Darrell Jones. Other introductions are in order. My name is Lawrence Duco, the man who accompanied Jennifer Grinnell through life. Her only husband. But a husband who remained so discreetly in the background throughout her flamboyant career that only her intimates knew she was married. Nevertheless, I loved her, and I could not allow the world to believe she'd taken the coward's way out. And so I found myself in a quiet restaurant, drinking coffee with Durell Jones. Uh, I'd like to know why you're so sure that Jennifer Grinnell didn't commit suicide. I should know. I was married to her. We lived apart, but we kept in touch. Oh, give it up, Duco. You're never going to make anyone believe you and Grinnell had a close relationship. I was under the impression you were going to be of some help. But you're just the same as the police. I don't know why you bothered to ask me to talk. Because I'm getting paid to do a job, and you've made a lot of waves by going around insisting she never would have killed herself. I'm no expert, but don't most suicides leave a note? Eh, not all of them, but more do than don't. There was no note. A point but not conclusive. Do you believe in extrasensory perception? (laughs) Now, there's something that would look great in my report. No hard evidence, but husband says that his ESP tells him Grinnell was murdered. How about a tape recording? You have a tape proving she was murdered? No, not exactly, but if you want to come out to my house, I think you'll find it interesting. Okay, where's the tape? Let me explain. I can't afford servants, so I had this telephone-answering tape installed. And since Jenny and I spoke frequently, I've kept a tape recording of every phone call. Very clear. Ten days ago, I called her. Here's the call. Here are her words. trouble, aren't you? Yes. Money?
5: Oh, worse. Can I help? I was just writing a letter to you. You can tell me about it. Oh, no. No, not over the phone. You're frightened. Now, what is it, Jenny? (sighs) The one secret I ever kept from you, my pet. Well, tell me. Uh, The letter I have just written to you, it should explain enough. Goodbye, love. You were so sweet to call.
7: Jenny, don't hang up. Uh, Jenny.
2: Now that you've heard that conversation... What do you think? I can understand why the police weren't interested. You don't believe that she was frightened? Sure. But of what? She didn't mention anything specific. Uh, if the police and the medical examiner say that Grinnell killed herself, I'm not about to argue with them. Well, then, why did you take the case? <laughs> That's the way I earn my living. A client asks me to look into something, I look into it. That's why I'm here. But I'm not on anybody's side, and... I don't like to make myself look like a fool, especially in front of the cops. I see. Now, she said something about a a letter she was writing. You, did you ever get it? No, she must have had second thoughts after she talked to me. I never received the letter. It was a lie. I had received the letter. But I felt that it would have been useless to show it. His mind seemed to be made up. And so was mine. Jenny had said... One secret she never told me. Because I felt that Jenny's secret lay in her past, I went to the man with whom she'd had her longest and closest relationship, the spectacularly successful novelist, Bruce Brown. He was working at his latest retreat, a remotely situated house on the Greek island of Samos. You hear about our girl. How can I help? Well, first, by telling me whether you think she committed suicide. Hell no. That's why I hired a private detective by the name of Durrell Jones. That's my boy. Has he been in touch? Yes, he has. Hmm? And? He thinks she did it. Does that make you change your mind? Well, it bothers me. Jones is good. (sighs) Who would want Jenny dead? Bruce, she was scared. Scared? Our Jenny scared. Our Jenny. Hey, <laughs> now look. Do I catch a whiff of jealousy after all these years? Come on, shall we stick to the subject? Right after I tell you something. If you don't mind, Bruce, I think I... It'll only take a minute. Now, you know when I first met Jenny, and you know how I fell for her. But what you don't know is that I proposed to her. You know what she said? Not only what she said, but how she said it. She told you she didn't have to. I know the routine. She opened those... Violet eyes wide And in her best ingenue voice said But I am married Yeah, well, what you don't know is that I asked her to get a divorce She refused (laughs) Welcome to the club You say she was scared What was scaring her? I received this letter Postmarked the day of her death Shall I read it to you? No, no, let me
5: Dear heart There is no way you will make any sense Out of this letter but I do not see any other way. If one week after you receive this craziness, I am still alive, you will destroy it and forget it. If something should happen to me, then you will make your own decision. Yes, I am afraid. Of what? Of a mistake I made back in the days of innocence. I never told you, But now it has come back to haunt me. But I also have another secret. I kept a diary.
2: A diary? Jenny, a diary like any schoolgirl. I don't believe that. She's putting you on. Now finish the letter and then we'll talk.
5: I have written both too much and not enough. But for your own dear sake, I warn you, Trust no one, no one, at you, Jenny. Well,
2: what do you think? I think if this letter had been written by anyone but Jenny, I'd say it was a woman who was going insane. But with Jenny, there's no question. She was scared. And fear... Well, fear is just the wrong emotion to associate with Jenny. If we think that way, we're not going to get anywhere. But well, what do we want to get? I want to get whoever killed her. Do you think we can? She has the answer in her diary. Do you know where it is? I have an idea. Excuse me a moment. Yeah? Now, uh, Bruce, this is Jones. Yes, yes, Jones. You got something on the Grinnell case? Look, I'm calling to tell you that there is no case. The dame took an overdose of sleeping pills, period. There
1: wouldn't have been any talk at all if it weren't for her husband. He made news just by turning up.
2: Very few people knew that she was still married to him. Well, did you talk to him? Oh, sure. I even listened to a tape of a phone conversation he had with her, but that just proved she was upset. Larry, did you show Jones the letter? No. Hello? you still there, Bruce? Yes, yes, I'm still here. Oh, look, I haven't got a single clue that points anywhere except to suicide. Okay, you've made your report. I want you to stay on the case. For how long? Until I tell you to quit, or until you tell me you're quitting.
1: Okay. You're paying a hell of a price for what I think is plenty of nothing.
2: I understand. You keep pitching, and I'll keep the money coming. Bye. glad uh, you heard, Larry? Yeah, I heard. He's convinced it's suicide. I'm glad you didn't tell him about Jenny's note. I didn't because you didn't, and come to think of it, why didn't you? Because Jenny specifically wrote for me not to trust anyone. But you've already disregarded that bit of advice by telling me. What Bruce Brown said was true, but I hadn't told him everything. I hadn't told him that Jenny's favorite song was La Vie en Rose. Or that I felt Jenny was trying to tell me something about the diary and how to locate it. That's why I stood on the cobblestones outside René Pergamo's florist shop on the Rue Clichy just two days after I talked with Brown. René's window, with its usual bounteous and beautiful display, brought back memories. And As I stood there, René himself came rushing out. Monsieur Ducot, monsieur. May I express my condolences and shock at this sad news? When I heard, I could not believe. I know, René, really. Thank you. Come inside. You are most welcome on any unexpected. Expected, but of course. A few days ago, this little package arrived from Madame.
4: Addressed to you and marked Hold for Arrival. There are people who have actually died from fright. Medical testimony bears that out. The question in our tale seems to be, can fear actually drive a person to take his own life? A logical answer would be, some people. But would a woman like Jennifer Grinnell be driven to this act of desperation? We'll be back with the answer right after these messages.
5: Come on, America, Refresh, and that's the way.
6: Summer juice. 100% pure orange juice from Florida. 100% pure, yet costing the same or less than many carbonated and synthetic beverages. Now that's
5: pure value. Orange juice, America. Summer juice.
6: From the Florida Orange Growers.
2: Billions of dollars are spent
4: each year to keep people on welfare. A lot of them want jobs, but don't have the skills to get them. I want my child to have a future. If you've got jobs to give, you can give disadvantaged kids the training they need to get off the welfare roll and onto a payroll. The way to get this country working is to get people working. So if you have a job to give, call the National Alliance of Businessmen. Help America work.
2: A public service message of the Advertising Council.
3: It was the first time I can remember really going fishing with my dad. I'm sure I'd been with him before, but the first time I really remember
4: it was wading downstream with him in an extra big pair of wading
3: boots as he felt his way very surely along the the stream bed, and I shakily held onto the willows. And we found a spot where my dad lifted his
4: finger to his lips and said, shh, we don't want to scare the fish away. And then I remember that fish the biggest fish I'd ever seen in my life. And it was on the end of my line. And my dad, boy, was he
3: proud. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Give your children
2: everything. Give them your time. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons.
4: does anyone expect to find in a florist shop in Paris in the spring? Fresh cut flowers, certainly. The lovely scent of burgeoning spring plants and, of course, the undertones of romance which accompany the annual springtime awakening of the City of Light. But, for Laurence Ducault, the florist shop of René Pagamo might hold the answer to a riddle. The proof that his glamorous wife did not take her own life. How long are you staying in Paris, Monsieur Ducot? Well,
2: that depends, René, on what is in this package. Monsieur, let me assure you, if there is any way, I can be aware of it. Well, that's very fine of you, René. Yeah, let me get the door for you. These are not just words. Uh, oh, attention, monsieur. Watch out. Hey, monsieur. Hey, it. Oh, well, let him go, René but I won't forget that I'm even further in your debt. You know, he, he really might have hit me. It was almost as if he were trying. That is a Parisian driver's for you. Hop in, Duco, quick. Jones, what are you... Come on, or we're going to lose that car that almost got you. You know, you're, you're talking like a man who believes that car really tried to run me over. It's a lot easier to believe that than your story that your wife didn't kill herself. Still, why would anyone want to rub you out? Because, perhaps, of this package. Ah, damn, you lost him. Uh, Now, what's such a big deal about that package? It's my wife's diary, complete up until the day of her death. Do you intend to follow me wherever I go from now on? I think you need protection Ducal. Maybe, but I can't afford your fee. Don't let the fee worry you. I'm already being paid. (laughs) Oh, a room service, please. Is your client paying for this, too? <laughs> of course. Oh, yes, uh, two special lunches, the Filet of sole and uh, carafe of White Wine, to 731, Mr. Ducot's room. Thank you. If you've really got your hands on her diary, it might change a lot of things, but somehow I never thought of Grinnell as the type would keep a diary. Yeah, well, for once we're in agreement, but... Ah, here it is. Do you recognize her writing? I'll take your word for it. But before you start to read it, think. No one, not even you, suspected she kept a diary. Maybe there are some things she didn't want anyone, I mean anyone, to know. Jones, you're a fool. I was married to Jennifer Grinnell for 23 years, and I knew her a lot better than anyone guessed. We're not going to find anything in this diary she'd be ashamed of. The years fell away, and memories came flooding back as I read the entries and found myself again under the spell she'd always cast for me. I could see her sitting in the small, cramped flat we'd had in Paris right after our marriage. I could smell her perfume and hear her as she wrote in the diary I never suspected she kept.
5: And such foolishness today... Mutsi, my agent who adores me, has made an appointment for me with Anton Krasuski for the lead in Woman from Hell. I told Larry, thinking we would laugh, but he thinks I should go. I told him I would, but I refuse to make a fool of myself. Jenny, Jenny, are you home? Larry! Uh, I will give you only one guess what we have for dinner. Did you go to see? a small clue. It is heaven.
2: Well, what about Krasuski? Uh, did you like him? What did he say?
5: Oh, he said I was a fat cow who would be fine as a milkmaid. But to play the lead in a picture as big as Woman from Hell... Oh,
2: you're lying.
5: <laughs> of course. I did not go. It would have only been a, a great waste of time.
2: Yes. May I speak with Jennifer Glenel.: Who's calling?
5: Anton Who is it? Anton uh,
2: You're a waste of time, Anton Krasuski. <laughs> now, young lady, you will tell me why you failed to keep an appointment with Anton Krasuski yesterday. Uh,
5: may I have a light, please?
2: Do you want the part?
5: Are you offering it to me? Here is your light,
2: The part can be yours, depending. Depending? On how much you really want it.
5: Why do you choose me, an unknown actress, dreaming of a career, for the lead in the most important film of the year?
2: Because I have seen your nightclub act. Because your insolence and your beauty are perfect for the part.
5: Well, pardon me for being slow, but I thought there were other considerations...
2: Only one. Join the Valpurgis Club.
5: The Valpurgis Club? Hmm. And what is that? A club of witches? Exactly. It was a desolate house in the country. Lit only by firelight and candles with weird music. And people drunk. Not with liquor but with some kind of frenzied belief in the magical power of the devil. As Krasuski took me through the various rooms, he watched and then asked perceptively...
2: You find this amusing? (laughs) That disappoints you? Not at all. But I must warn you that this is literally playing with fire. (laughs) With hellfire? A most exact description. And now I would like you to see the altar.
5: The altar is impressive. But I was more impressed with the worshippers. They believed. And people who believe as deeply as they did can be dangerous. Krasuski was most cordial today... When I again visited his office.
2: It is my belief that you were born a witch. I only wish to reawaken your slumbering destiny as I am sure I can make the hidden fire in your eyes burst into flame with proper caresses.
5: Hmm, no doubt. But just what plans do you have for me in the Valpurgis Club, if I should join?
2: You will be a star. Believe me. The club has helped me in my career and I know we can help you.
5: I will do as I always have, help myself. What I was asking was, what does the club expect of me?
2: Only to recruit members.
5: And suppose I should fail.
2: You fail? Unthinkable. But we are not monsters. As long as you sign the membership papers and are bound by our rules, you will find us most agreeable.
5: You know enough about me to know that I like to make my own rules.
2: Not in this game, Sherry. Not in this game, ever.
5: How can I tell Larry the truth? He smugly keeps reminding me that he was right about me getting the part in Woman from Hell. How I ache to tell him about the Volpogris Club. But I cannot. And even if I did, he would just laugh and dismiss it as a silly joke on Krasuski's part... I must admit, I felt the same, but there are certain things that worry me. As, for example, today, when we were rehearsing privately the scene where I shall carry you the tortures he will suffer in hell if he allows me to seduce him. No, 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 it is all right. And uh, how many men have you seduced, Anton? You will listen to me, because
2: when this man takes you in his arms, he is doomed for all time. If you do not believe, how do you expect the audience to believe? This is your picture. And you are the woman I chose. A woman from hell would know. She would see immediately that this is a man who likes to suffer, who enjoys being tortured, so that he will have the best of both worlds. You in this and eternal punishment in the next. You know this and you are amused.
5: I am not confused. Tell me, Anton, how do you know all this? Don't
2: you know? I have a hotline directly to hell.
5: I do not like it. I do not like it at all. But I cannot withdraw now, and the picture promises to be a success. It is almost frightening the knowledgeability that Anton shows about the workings of hell. I even accused him of it the other day during a break on the set.
2: But why should you question my knowledge of witchcraft and diabolism? You and I belong to the same club. I am reaping the benefits of years of research.
5: And your payment, Anton, for these benefits. How much is it, and when is it due?
2: I will tell you. Or perhaps you will know when the picture is finished.
5: I loathe fidgety men. And Anton has become extraordinarily fidgety. He has also become a bore about other men. He blames everything upon Hollywood and the Klieglitz frenetic quality of our success. But this is nonsense, and he knows it.
2: When are you seeing him again?
5: You mean Bruce?
2: You are forgetting an obligation to the club to which we both belong.
5: (laughs) I cannot help it if I am not a good saleswoman.
2: Isn't that an understatement? Your record is immaculate. Not one convert to the Valpurgis Club since you became a member.
5: Remember? I warned you about the possibility of my failing. I remember. And now it is I who have to warn you.
2: Either Bruce Brown becomes a member, or you will suffer severe consequences.
5: <laughs> they overestimate my influence on Bruce. They know just how infatuated with you, Bruce
2: is, and you have never really believed, Harry, Jenny. And you won't
5: until it is too late. However, we have a problem. We?
6: Oui.
5: Do you mean you, the club, or me?
2: All of us. You remember Jacqueline Fournier?
5: Of course.
2: Then you may also remember that she was announced for the part that I gave you in Woman from
5: Hell. Uh, Must we go through this ancient history? I am
2: afraid we must. You see, she has heard rumors about the Valpurgis Club. And she threatens to do a whole expose, claiming you got the part through witchcraft. Let her... The club does not think that would be wise.
5: Then let the club stop her.
2: That is just what they intend to do. Fournier can be appeased. With your influence, you could get her a part in a picture and she would be happy.
5: I do not pay blackmail.
2: I told them what your answer would be. But, Jenny, for your own sake, get Bruce Brown to join the coven. Hello? Have you seen tonight's paper? No. I thought you should know that Jacqueline Fournier met with a tragic accident. Her car ran off Mulholland Drive and crashed. She died almost instantly. Which, of course, is something to be
5: thankful for.
4: Accidents can happen anytime, anywhere. And today, everyone knows what you mean when you designate a person as accident-prone. On the other hand, would we be so willing to say someone was accident-prone if we knew that a coven of modern witches wanted that person dead? That knowledge bothered even the strong-minded Jennifer Grinnell. I'll be back shortly with Act Three. The following fable is presented to make you want to buy a Buick.
5: As a girl, I had certain aspirations for myself that were not quite the same as the aspirations that others had for me. Daddy, when I grow up, I want to be president. That's nice,
2: honey. Of what?
5: The United States.
2: Don't be ridiculous, dear. The best you can hope for is First Lady.
5: Even when I got older, things weren't much better. Dad, I want to go to law school and have my own practice.
2: But, dear, wouldn't you rather go to charm school and have a big wedding?
5: But today, a woman can do anything a man can. Take the car I just bought, a Buick Century. Not cute, but sporty and good-looking. The kind of car only men are supposed to know about. When I told my father the Century was the only American-made mid car with a V6
6: engine, he was surprised. When I told him about the great deal I got on the Century, he was impressed and said, I would make somebody a good wife. Then when I told him I was running for Congress... He bit off the arm of his chair.
2: Buick, dedicated to the free spirit in just about everyone. Radio. It's been doing nice things for you for years. It wakes you up. It keeps you company in your car. It fills your life with music. It fills your mind with ideas. It informs, entertains, and radio does something else. It sells quickly, easily, creatively, efficiently. Consider that last word, efficiently. As a businessman, you know how all costs, including advertising, have been skyrocketing. You know what adflation means. A major advertising agency has just reported that line rates for the largest metropolitan dailies in the top 50 markets rose 12% over the past year. But what about radio? The same study revealed the cost for buying radio in the top 50 markets increased only 3%. What else can you buy today that only costs 3% more than it did a year ago? Get radio selling for you. Call this station. We'll suggest ways radio can help you fight adflation. Furnished by Radio Advertising Bureau.
4: One of the most famous and dramatic moments in the theater occurs in the play Peter Pan. ...when the actress playing that immortal boy turns to the audience... ...and asks them to applaud if they believe in fairies. Invariably, the house breaks into a storm of applause. However, would the audience response be the same... ...if the actress asked for applause from those who believe in witches? That was precisely the problem that faced Lawrence Duco... ...as he tried to prove that his wife didn't commit suicide... Her diary asked him to believe in witchcraft.
2: Now, if you want to waste some more time, we'll continue reading the diary, but my advice would be for you to burn it. Less than two hours ago, you were all enthused over the chances of finding the answer to Jenny's death, and now... You're not thinking, chum. You started all this because you wanted to clear the stigma of suicide from your wife's name. And I still do. Even if you now brand her as a believer in witchcraft... A Wheeler dealer in the occult who built her whole career upon a deal with a coven of modern witches? I don't see that it has to be put just that way. And I'll make my decision when I've finished reading the whole diary. And so I reopened Jenny's diary and again found myself reliving those days when Jennifer Grinnell was Hollywood's biggest star and I, her husband, was a forgotten man, while her romance with America's favorite writer, Bruce Brown, headed the list of items in every gossip column. Hello? Jenny, it's me. I'll pick you up at the usual place at nine.
5: Oh, that is not possible, Bruce. Why, well, what's up? I thought we had gone beyond questions.
2: Well, I thought so, too, but that was before we stopped seeing each other. Or haven't we stopped seeing each other?
5: More questions?
2: I'll pick you up at nine.
5: No, not tonight, really. Really?
2: Tomorrow?
5: I suppose I owe you that much, love.
2: You don't owe me a thing, and I'll explain when I see you tomorrow.
5: Tomorrow will be the last time I see Bruce. It is something I have refused to face for too long now. But I am afraid I believe that the Walpurgis Club is an evil and vicious thing... If they are not witches with supernatural powers, then they are criminals. Because I cannot believe that Fournier's car crash was an accident. And I will not even talk to Bruce about joining. Poor Anton. I must lie to him. Or maybe not. Maybe the truth would free him. Come in, Anton.
2: Isn't that your phone I hear ringing? Yes. Why don't you answer it?
5: You know me better than to question me, Anton. I do what I choose. If I do not want to answer the phone, I do not.
2: Because you know very well that it was Bruce Brown calling, and you did not want to talk to him. So? You have deliberately broken off your relationship with him.
5: And if I have...
2: If you have, you have done something I have never known you to do since we met. You have broken your word...
5: So I have. And it is about time you should find the courage to break yours also. Don't talk to me of
2: courage. You could continue to see Bruce Brown and never bring up the question of his joining the club. But that way you might get into trouble if the club members are really witches and warlocks. So you take this coward's way out and it ruins me.
5: What can they do to you?
4: For starters, they can take me off the picture.
5: I will not allow them to do that. They have already done it. Will you answer the phone? What do they expect to gain by punishing you? First,
2: discipline for the ranks. I was the one who recruited you, and that was an error. Two, they think perhaps out of a feeling for me, you will change your mind about trying to recruit Brown.
5: Ridiculous. Yes, I know.
2: But you will suffer too. Just wait until you see the new director. At this point, I closed the diary... Jones looked at me inquiringly. Had
1: enough, Ducco?
2: Now I understand what Anton Krasuski was trying to tell me. You went to see him. When? As soon as I heard he'd been taken off Jenny's picture and replaced by Luigi Firelli. You seem to be pretty buddy-buddy with a lot of your wife's lovers. Well, we had a lot in common. Would you like to hear what happened when I went to see Krasuski? Well, I'm still on the case, and my report has to be written. Go ahead. Of course, you never knew Krasuski, so you wouldn't have noticed, as I did, the changes as I approached his house. It used to be crowded and well-lit. And this night, it was empty and almost deserted. I crossed the driveway, rapped on the door. Larry, come in. It is very nice of you to come and see me. What happened? Why did they take you off the picture? <laughs> They said they wanted a director who would be less dazzled by Jenny. Well, that's nonsense. Jenny's the star. You did two great pictures with her. Nevertheless, they seemed to be logical when they chose Farelli. Do you know any director who is less dazzled by Jenny than Farelli? He hates her. And she him. It almost seems as if someone wants to ruin Jenny and her career. And me, no? Here. Here. Look inside my forearm. Wait, Wait till I roll up the sleeve. Now, tell me what you see. Are you sure you're all right? Tell me what you see. Well, a small scar. It's shaped like a horseshoe or or a hoof. That's right. Now ask Jenny. Ask her to show you hers. And that's when I walked out on him. Did you ask Jenny about her scar? No, I never did. When she broke her leg and was taken off the picture, it completely slipped my mind. And then... Oh, well, you know what happened then. Oh, everybody does. Your girl couldn't get herself arrested in Hollywood. She was finished in pictures. You don't know what that meant. Look, I am still interested in finding out what happened just before she died. And I think we ought to skip ahead in that diary and see if we can find out. Yes, you're right. Well, let's see. Sometimes she dated entries and other times not, so... Oh, yes. Here. This one's dated just a month ago.
5: And Here's what she says. It has happened. I suppose I should have known that someday it would happen. But I really thought I was finished with the Volpogres Club. So many years had passed. And no word from them. And so it came as a surprise when I did hear. And in a way I never would have expected. My agent phone. And told me that Tyler Campbell wanted to see me. I'll confess, I felt some of the old excitement of meeting a talented motion picture director.
2: I've always been one of your greatest fans. Every scene in Woman from Hell is etched indelibly on my memory. I'll quote the dialogue for you if you like.
5: (laughs) Would not you be embarrassed if I said please do?
2: Uh... If you want my company, all you have to do is pay for it. If you want my love, you will pay more. A price that I advise you no one can afford.
5: Enough, enough. (laughs) I am convinced.
2: Uh Aha. I can't understand why a talent like yours shouldn't still be working. Oh, I agree with you. And that's why I've come to see you. How do you feel about trying to come back in a film I'll direct? Of course, I wouldn't expect a commitment until you'd seen the script. You haven't even asked what the film will be about.
5: Well, I I was not up to that in my mind. Mm -hmm.
2: It's about witchcraft. Oh? Does that turn you off?
5: it, it is too soon to say.
2: You know I don't do ordinary films, Miss Grinnell.
5: Yes, I know.
2: And I assure you, the film is well worth doing.
3: Today, witchcraft is in. But I intend to use it somewhat differently.
2: I see you as fate. Beautiful. Enigmatic. And inescapable. Uh, Interesting. Good. I promise that I shall shoot you so that even in the cruelest close-up, your scar won't show.
5: My... My scar?
2: Don't tell me that that little mark inside your wrist is no longer there. Even plastic surgery won't eradicate it. And it's exactly the same as the one I have here, behind my ear. See?
5: Yes, I see. So this was all a trick. You are a member of the Volpurgis Club. In good standing, Miss Grinnell. Which is more
2: than I can say for you. But my offer to do a picture with you is very real. I
5: am not interested. Too fast.
2: You make a decision before you know any of the facts.
5: We have nothing more to say. I
2: suggest you listen. If you think you've paid your dues in full, you're mistaken. You betrayed us. And you betrayed your oath.
5: I am finished with you and with the club. And
2: you will be. I promise you. Do one small favor. And you'll be a big star again. And no strings attached. How do you mean no strings? You will be allowed to resign from the Valpurgis Club. The only member in its 300-year history to be given that privilege.
5: I have already resigned. I have not been to a meeting or... What you
2: have in mind does not necessitate your going to a meeting. You've heard of Jason Albright.
5: (laughs) Who has not? He is the sixth or or seventh richest man in the world. Mm
2: -hmm. Did you know that Jason Albright is one of your greatest fans? No. He's worshipped you for years.
5: How nice.
2: Jason Albright is very ill. In fact, he's terminal.
5: Well, that is too bad. My fan club will be reduced by one.
2: True enough. But you can make a dying man very happy. Simply by talking with him, visiting, spending a little time with him.
5: Are you out of your mind? Why would I... Albright
2: has no heirs. His will leaves all his money to various charities. But wills can be changed. I see. Of course. Simplicity itself. Nothing for you to do except spend a little time with Albright. Be your charming self and...
5: And persuade the old man that the Valpurgis Club is worthier than all of his other charities put together.
2: Precisely. Couldn't have put it better myself. Before you answer that, I have a feeling it will be Jason Albright. What? We managed to get word to him that you'd be receptive to a call.
5: I see. Hello. Who is this? No. No, this is not Miss Grenell. She is not at home. She will not be in for some time. No, I do not know. Goodbye.
2: That, Miss Grenell, was very foolish. I want you to think carefully. Think what a small thing we're asking of you. And then consider the alternative. We can make things very definitely... Unpleasant for you, Miss Grinnell.
5: Think it over. How long do I have to think?
2: We can give you only 12 hours. And then we'll be here for your answer.
5: What alternative do I have? I cannot go to the police. And I will not have anything to do with the club or its scheme. So I turn to my diary and write. And I get an inspiration. I cannot go to the police, but I can hire a private detective to protect me without telling him why I am hiring him. And I remember I have heard of a good one. I will call him this minute There. I feel better. I have called, and he is on his way. I hope he is intelligent. And that may be too much to ask. But his name is...
2: Don't bother, Duco. I know my name. You? You were the detective Jenny called. I'll take that diary now. (laughs) If you look closely at my wrist, you'll see the mark. That her diary described so well. And now, of course, you understand why the cause of her death must remain a suicide.
4: Now, I know there are some scholars in the audience who will say that Valpurgisnacht, the witch's Sabbath night, named after St. Valpurgis, is a fake. And the Valpurgis Club, therefore, must also be phony. For the simple reason that St. Valpurgis was an English woman who never committed an evil deed in her life. I'll be back shortly with some more thoughts on Witches and Witchcraft.
6: Welcome to Pierney's Department Store. What? Please announce your floor. This elevator is activated by your voice.
5: I... I I want the maternity shop.
6: A 12th floor wants the door. Are you pregnant? Yes. Are you sure you're a recording? I am a recording. Have you seen a doctor?
5: Yes, at the beginning of my pregnancy, and I'll see him often during it.
6: And do you plan to follow his advice?
5: Of course. I'm not going to take any medicine unless he prescribes it. I'll get plenty of rest and do some moderate exercise.
6: And what about your diet? I'll eat the right foods. Foods that are good for me and good for my baby. Twelve-four, maternity. Thanks. A recording. I'm talking to a recording. Remember what the March of Dimes says. Be good to your baby before it is born.
4: Witches and warlocks have been part of man's history and development since the beginning of time. And frightening demons and demonology abound in the history of civilization. And also in man's progress, scientists for years have solemnly announced that there are no demons, no witches. Then, why do these myths persist? I think perhaps because we need them. If they really don't exist, then we'll invent them to answer this need. It's something to think about till next time. Our cast included Joan Lovejoy, Norman Rose, Mandel Kramer, Paul Hecht, and Nat Poland. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale.
2: How long does murder keep fresh? Forever. Even twenty years. Whose murder? He killed a priest. A priest? Father Jim Morgan. What have you got? What do you got? You got my word that your sentence will be cut.
4: I made deals while you was in diapers. Now we'll do it this way. My mouthpiece has to meet with a DA. Get dotted and all the T's get crossed.
2: How do I know you've got anything?
4: Only three guys know about something that could sit Mike Perry down in a chair. Mike, me, and Pop Morrison.
5: I like you, copper.
4: But first, my mouthpiece has to tell me we got a deal. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and by the Florida Orange Growers. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our Mystery Theater for another adventure In the macabre. Until next time,
0: pleasant dreams. From KOIN in Portland, my name's Bill Garrity. Have a good night tonight and a better day tomorrow. Have a good weekend. See you on Monday. Bye-bye.
7: CBS News. Space agency doctors are optimistic the Apollo astronauts will recover from breathing possibly poisonous gas during re-entry. Probably will have no lasting lung damage. Good morning. I'm Mike Stanley reporting on the CBS radio network. Thomas Stafford, Vance Brand, and Deke Slayton probably will spend at least three days as patients at Tripler Army Hospital in Honolulu as doctors watch for the possible development of pulmonary edema, accumulation of fluid in the lungs. First x-rays, it was reported, showed lesions in Slayton's lungs. Condition appears to have stabilized. The astronauts, described as in good spirits and eating well, are receiving oral steroid drugs to reduce lung irritation. They're generally confined to bed, but were allowed up to telephone their wives. CBS News continues following this message.
2: Are you an unpublished author? Do you have a book-length manuscript ready or almost ready for publication? Or do you know of anyone else who is an unpublished author? If so, Vantage Press invites you to write to a leading New York publisher for a free illustrated brochure titled To the Author in Search of a Publisher. It explains how you may have your manuscript printed and published in a matter of months. Just write to GPO Box 1414, New York, New York. Whether your subject is fiction, non-fiction, poetry, or even scientific, specialized, or controversial, this 52-page brochure shows you how to arrange for prompt publication. To get your copy, write to GPO Box 1414, New York, New York. That's GPO Box 1414, New York, New York. If this is your first book, you'll find this free brochure especially valuable and informative. Write to GPO Box 1414, New York, New York. GPO Box 1414, New York, New York.
7: The Pentagon is withholding orders to some 7,000 U.S. servicemen in Turkey, pending clarification of just how severely American use of some two dozen bases will be limited. Turkey, angered by congressional refusal to okay resumption of American armed shipments, ordered all activity to stop today by 5 p.m. Eastern Time. The situation is being watched carefully from Brussels, as we hear in this report from Michael Landers.
3: NATO is waiting for clarification of just what the Ankara government has in mind. And alliance diplomats say what happens to the bases now is a matter for the United States and Turkey to work out because the agreements covering the bases are between Washington and Ankara and do not involve NATO directly. There is no question that the American bases in Turkey are vital to
4: the
2: Atlantic Alliance along its strategic southern flank. They guard a common border between Turkey and the Soviet Union, and they provide NATO with extremely valuable intelligence about Russian
3: military maneuvers several hundred miles inside the Soviet Union and in the Black Sea.
2: And the loss of those bases, if they should be lost, would be a very serious blow to the alliance. Michael Landers for CBS News, Brussels.
7: President Ford asked Congress to reconsider lifting the arms embargo to Turkey, saying at the same time he deeply regretted Turkey's decision to suspend American activities at the joint U.S.-Turkish military bases. The president, delivering his 35th veto, rejected the $7.9 billion Education Appropriation Act of 1976. noting it increased his budget proposal by a billion and a half dollars, Mr. Ford said neither the federal budget nor the economy could afford it. The president has a request for Capitol Hill, as outlined by CBS News correspondent Connie Chung.
6: President Ford reluctantly asked Congress for an additional $3 billion to continue funding the food stamp program for the remainder of this fiscal year. In a message to Congress, the president said he is forced to ask for the money over the $3.8 billion he requested in his budget because the existing law, quote, invited almost unlimited expansion of the program. The cost of the food stamp program, he said, has doubled in the past six months. He reminded members of Congress that they had rejected his proposal submitted earlier this year, which would have required all participants in the program to pay a proportionate share of their total income for food stamps. He noted that his proposal would have saved $1 billion in fiscal year 1976. The president said now he must request the additional $3 billion, but he also asked the legislators to change the Food Stamp Act by focusing more assistance to those in need and by tightening eligibility and participation requirements. Connie Chung, CBS News, Washington.
3: More news in a moment. If you ever use a hemorrhoid preparation, you should know this. Vaseline Brands has news. It's hemorrhoid ointment. Hemorrhade works fast, helps protect with a proven medical ingredient for soothing occlusion. And Hemorrhade gives you only this key ingredient, so it gives you more than the leading preparation. Now at your first sign of pain, burning, and itching, turn to soothing Hemorrhade. Hemorrhade from Vaseline Brands. Use only as directed.
2: It doesn't seem like it, but it's been 25 years since Yule Brenner debuted as the King of Siam in The King and I on Broadway. Well, the King is back. Shaved head at all, in a musical tale of Homer's classic Odyssey. This is Jerry Dunphy, your host for Entertainment West. Heard every Saturday over most of these CBS radio network stations. Tomorrow I'll be talking with Brenner about the origins of his famous shaved head. His lack of vanity and his strange definition of work. That's Entertainment West tomorrow on the CBS radio network.
7: President Ford leaves today for a 10-day visit to five East and West European nations. The high point of the trip, a stop in Helsinki where he'll join with leaders of 34 other nations in signing a statement of principles involving a code of conduct for the governments of Europe and North America. Mike Stanley, CBS News.
8: 19-year-old Erman Rogers, Jr., a Navy sailor from Alabama, was placed on five years probation with six months in jail today for robbing Portland taxi driver Ronald Vreler on April 26th. Nineteen-year-old Jesse Holloway, a sailor from North Dakota, earlier pleaded guilty of first-degree robbery in the case and was placed on five years probation and given a one-year jail sentence. The Socialist Workers' Party has appealed to Portland Mayor Neil Goldschmidt to order police chief Bruce Baker to make public any intelligence files on the party and its political candidates police have accumulated. John Studer, party chairman, says he's convinced the police bureau has files on the party, the Young Socialist Alliance, and several socialist candidates. Baker, in reply to a June 17th written request to inspect such files, says it would be, in his words, improper, even to say whether the Bureau has any intelligence files on the party. A Portland woman who alleges she was denied a job as a grocery checker because she is a woman has filed a gla- class-action discrimination suit in U.S. federal court in Portland against Fred Meyer, Incorporated. Phyllis Cohen charges Fred Meyer also denies equal promotional opportunity to women in its food departments and other departments. A prisoner's strike at the British Columbia Penitentiary may continue until Monday night. A prison union committee spokesman says the strike was originally to last two days, but the spokesman says nothing positive has taken place, so it will continue. Prison officials say the strike, which began Wednesday morning, has been without violence. The differences between the Spokane School District and its 1,500 teachers will be examined by an impasse committee next week. The state superintendent of schools has appointed the committee to work with the negotiators in the state's second largest school district. A Northwest climbing team is on its way home after failing to scale the world's second highest peak in Pakistan. The team, headed by Jim Whittaker of Seattle, had attempted to climb the 28,700-foot mountain known as K2, but 20 days of severe storms stopped the climbers from reaching the top. At last report, the team is waiting at Skardu, about 200 miles north of Rawapini for transportation home. Another cover-up is going on, and this time it's the tavern and bar owners who aren't happy about it. A Washington Liquor Control Board ban on topless table dancing has gone into effect. Although one court has already upheld the regulation, the tavern owners are preparing to appeal the ruling. The weather for Portland-Vancouver and vicinity, sunny and hot today and Sunday. Highs both days, 90 to 95. The lows at night will be 55 to 60. Winds northwest 10 to 20 miles per hour today. The chance of measurable rain is near zero today and tonight. I'm Pat Callahan. That's the news. Now more bright and beautiful music on KOIN and KOIN FM stereo in Portland.